0: So those of you who've been here last week, uh, I started out a sermon series called Step Into. Last week we spoke about stepping into your promised land. I don't know if you guys remember, I spoke about, um, about the story of Israel and about Joshua and, and Moses who just passed away and they were in the desert for 40 years because they didn't want to go into the promised land because of fear in their lives. And, and, um, and at this moment, God was sitting with Joshua and he said bro it's time to step up it's your time to shine it's your time to lead and and joshua had to step into something new of leadership and um and he had to step into the promised land and to the promises that god has 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 ordained for them to have and um but he had to step in no matter how much challenges and stuff they was facing so we looked at that and 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 they were facing a huge challenge as they stepped into that promised land because they knew there's going to be giants. They knew there's going to be some stuff that's going to shout back at them, that's going to fight for their land. But as Joshua stepped into that moment, he knew that this is his promise. This is what God has promised him. And as he stepped into, there was boldness of saying, "Lord, I'm just stepping into my promise here." And um, I don't care about the challenges because I know you'll sort it out. And, and I want to encourage us with a sermon series that we're doing called Stepping Into Something New. I believe we're stepping into something new this year. Then we're leaving some stuff that we've been facing in the last couple of years. And I believe 2020 is the start of a century. It's a prophetic year where we step into something that we haven't seen. Of God has been promising this to, to so many of us that there's something new, there's a breakthrough coming. Are you ready? And that's exactly where Joshua was. Now, as we step into the new year, I believe we will experience much breakthrough. I believe that. And I'm speaking that. And I'm confessing that. I know Ben's going to have some breakthrough. And I know Tupang and everybody of us, we know that there's going to be some breakthrough in our lives. And as we start confessing that and speaking it over our lives, it's going to happen. I know that. But there's also going to be some challenges. But we know that no matter what the challenge, God is in it. And God's going to carry us through. It's so amazing. Now, because of that, I believe that we need to be purpose-driven for 2020. And that's why I want to call my sermon today. It's like stepping into your purpose. Stepping into your purpose. You know it's, more, it's much better to be purpose-driven than just driven? Because you can, can be driven and you can go everywhere. And there will be no purpose to it. But once you put purpose into your drive and into your life, there's something amazing happen. Now the late Dr. Miles Monroe, I've got a quote of him, one of his favorite quotes. How many of you know uh, Miles Monroe? One of the greatest, brightest speakers, ma- men of God that, that's lived. I love this, this. This is probably one of my favorite co- quotes in the Bible. He says, The wealthiest place on, on, in the world is not the gold mines of South, South America or South Africa or the oil fields, of Iraq or Iran. They are not the, diamond mo- oh, sorry, not the diamond mines of South Africa or the banks of the world. The wealthiest place on this planet is just down the road. It's a cemetery. There lies buried companies that were never started, inventions that were never made, best-selling books that were never written, and masterpieces that were never painted. In a cemetery is buried the greatest treasure of untapped potential and purpose. Then he says the greatest tragedy on earth is not death but a life without purpose. Isn't that powerful? It's powerful that the most untapped opportunities lies in the cemetery today. Because people didn't step up into their purpose. They didn't do what God has called them to do. Now have you ever asked this question to yourself that what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Why is it necessary to have a purpose? Why? And how can I find my purpose? See, it's good questions. But I think all of us has come to that place where we ask that question. What is my purpose? Why do I find it? Is this really necessary in my life? See, the definition of purpose is the following. It says, it's the reason for which something is created. What are you created for? You see, purpose drives us to accomplish something. That's why we need to be purpose driven in our lives. That's why we focus on, Lord, what is my purpose? So that it can drive me so that I can accomplish something on this earth in my lifetime. See, it helps define who we are and gives us the boundaries we need to direct our lives with. See, without purpose, even Christians can wander aimlessly and struggle with feeling unfulfilled. Have you ever gone to that place where you felt unfulfilled? I've been there. It's like, oh Lord, is there just something I can do that fulfills me? That that I'm 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 living a purpose in my life. Now I'm not sure about all of us, but twenty nineteen was a year of, of where I spoke to a lot of people that felt purposeless. Really? 2018, 2020, it was two years that I've every time I speak to someone, I hear purposelessness. I, just can, I can hear they don't have purpose in life. They're just wandering around aimlessly, trusting God for the next miracle and the next breakthrough. But there's no purpose. So many ask the question, what am I doing that is worth anything, Father? People pray and you honestly in your prayer, you can say, Lord, what am I doing that is actually worth something? Now all of us have some, some or other time in our life with challenges, with questions like that. What am I doing here? What, why am I doing? Is there actually purpose in my life, God? You see, not knowing if, if what you're doing or what you're busy doing in life have any purpose is very important. You need to know that what you're doing has purpose. And sometimes you would ask, like, God, but if I pray, do you actually created us for a purpose? Or is, is there just some people in life that has purpose and some who's just going to wander around? But if you look at the Scriptures in Proverbs 19, verse 21, it's up there. It says, you can make many plans. How many of you have made plans in your life? <laughs> I've made many plans. We can make many plans, but what happens? The Lord's purpose will prevail. No matter what I do in life, I can do and do and do and make plans and do new things, but God's purpose still, still stands. So where do we need to start? With our plans or with praying God, show me my purpose so that I can align my plans with your purpose? Psalms 33 verse 11, the psalm writer says the following, but the Lord's plans stands firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Isn't that powerful? But the Lord's plans stands firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. See, when I read the scriptures, I realize that God has plans for your life. He has plans for my life. He has plans for your life. And that plans cannot be shaken. No matter what we do, no matter where we go, no matter how much we mess up or not mess up, God's plans can never be shaken. See, the Bible is very clear on the fact that God gave us a specific purpose. He gave you a specific calling in your life. See, as the wisest man in the Bible, King Solomon said, God's purpose for us cannot change. It cannot change. It is like a solid rock that cannot be shaken, cannot be moved. The only issue is that we get distracted and stuck on things that's not lining up with God's purpose for our lives. Does it make sense? We get distracted, we get stuck into things, and we do that. And some people take that as a profession that's not really aligned with God's purpose for their lives. And coming to the halfway point of their life, they still feel they're not living in their purpose because they let distractions and things in the way that lined them up to the purpose that God had for them. Now, I'm not saying people have chosen the wrong profession. I'm just saying we need to pray that God will line us up and position us in our purpose so that we will do and find what God has called us to do. There's a great story, an old myth, of a a very rich man who went on a hunt. And he took his best friend, his dog with him, to hunt with him. And the dog loved being in the field, but he soon got distracted by butterflies and things. And and as as soon as he found himself, he was lost, the dog. And he couldn't find... Um, his owner, the the hunter, and was looking around and as he looked behind him, he saw a leopard came running at him, very aimlessly coming to kill him and eat him. And the dog thought, oh my goodness, what am I doing now? And he looked around and he saw a bunch of bones lying around and he grabbed the biggest bone and he lied and he chewed. And as the, the leopard came for him, just before the leopard was about to bite him, he spoke loudly, man, that was a nice leopard I just ate. I wonder where I can find another leopard to eat. And the leopard stopped in his steps. And he stopped and he thought, and he jumped into the bush and the leopard thought, wow, almost that crazy dog ate me. I was always a goner. And he turned around and he walked away and up in the tree there was a monkey or a baboon. And he sat there and he saw this whole thing happening. And he thought, man, I've got an opportunity to get a leopard on my side. So he ran after the leopard and he stopped the leopard and said, listen, sir, I just want to tell you the truth what happened. That dog actually just faked eating a leopard. And, and he, was just, he, just, he just lied at you. And the leopard was furious. And he said, thank you so much, baboon, for telling me this uh, thing. will not you just jump on my back and we'll go get that dog. And as he was running on the dog, he looked back and he saw, oh goodness, there's the leopards coming back with the monkey on his back. And he thought, oh, the monkey gave him away. And he was thinking quickly and turn around again he's back to the leopard and the monkey and as soon as they almost at him and he said loudly again he said i wonder where's the baboon that i sent away to go and get me another leopard i sent him away on a half an hour ago see so many times in our lives we keep we keep ourselves distracted with butterflies we keep ourselves distracted with things that makes us lose our way and our position that's aligning us with God's purpose. See, and then we miss out on growing into a greater purpose for God. Maybe you are living in your purpose at the moment, but you know there's something greater. You know there's something greater that I'm not in yet. There must be something greater. Now, when Joshua walked over the Jordan River on dry land, because God opened the water, we, we spoke about that last week, he was positioning himself for the greater purpose God had for him. He was stepping in to the greater purpose that God had for him. See, his purpose was to be God's leader. But yet, all that he did for the last 40 years, remember, he served Moses. He served. He wasn't the leader, he wasn't anything. He sat outside the tent when Moses went into the tent of meeting. He he served, he armoured, buried for Moses for, for more than 40 years. He was the guy who went into the promised land as a spy, came out, was excited to take the land, and nobody wanted to, so they went back into the desert, still serving for 40 years. Each thing God had him do through his life, helped to position him for his greater purpose. See, there's some things in your life that you do that position you for your greater purpose. See, when Joshua died, the following happened. Look at this. Joshua 20, 24 verse 31. It says the following, The people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua, and of the elders who outlived him, those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done for Israel. Now, which is amazing about the scriptures, just as Joshua died, the scripture said, the people that he led, the people that he took into the promised land, served God. And every elder that followed him served God. See, God's purpose for Joshua was to, be, was to lead the people into the promised land, but as well to establish a culture that people serve him. We can say, why did the people still serve God? Because Joshua served his purpose. He served his purpose. And that's the great and amazing thing. He was positioned in his purpose, and that was why he was successful in his purpose. See, he stepped into every season God asked him to step into. Firstly, he followed. God positioned him. Then he served. God positioned him. Then God wanted him to lead. And God positioned him for a greatest purpose. See, as we step into 2020, we all are stepping into a place where we will follow, or maybe you will serve, or maybe you will lead. But God is helping us to step into a place to position us Yes, for our promised land, but also to position us to step into our place of purpose. Sometimes you would feel, oh Lord, I'm not in my purpose, but God is just positioning you for the purpose that will come. He's just positioning you in something new, or maybe something old, in a next level in something old, just to position you to go to that next level of purpose. You see, every place we step into, we need to realize that God is busy positioning us for that greater purpose. That great, that greater thing, that God' purpose that God has for you. Now that you know, we can talk ourselves out of the things that God wants to bring us into. <laughs> I've talked myself out of things many times in my life, especially when I was a runner. I would talk myself out of racing or doing a training, or and then I realized after a while that every time I talk myself out of it, I'm missing something that I could have had. Now you can talk yourself out of something. And miss what God has for you. Let me compare Moses with Joshua again. When God called Moses at the burning bush, what did he do? He complained. He tried to talk himself out of it. Lord, but I can't speak well. I can't speak well, Lord. Why do you want to send me, Moses said. (laughs) See, but God called Moses to step into his calling and his purpose. But he tried very hard to talk himself out of it. He said, there must be something, somebody else, Lord. Are you sure it's me? Are you sure you want me to lead two million people out of the, the, the most powerful nation in the world? And he tried and he tried. But yet as Moses tried to get out, God kept him in, positioned him, and he put him into leadership because he knew that was Moses' purpose. But Moses tried to speak himself out of that thing. But when we look at the end of Moses' life, and this is for me, is very interesting. When you look at the end of Moses' life, he did not completely fulfill his purpose. What did God want Moses to do is take his people to the promised land. What did he do? He came short. He only saw the promised land, but he never set a foot into the promised land. Now, I don't know about you, but so many times we try to talk ourselves out of a scenario and don't realize that God is bringing us into something that will position us into our purpose for Him. It might look from the outside it's like, Oh Lord, this is not me. Oof, This is not me. This is not what I want to do. This is not what you called me to do. But God is just positioning you in this place where He's fulfilling the greater purpose in your life. But we never realize that and we want to talk ourselves out of that thing. You see, Joshua, Joshua on the other hand, he didn't say anything But he just stepped into God's plan. See, he he learned from what Moses failed in. Isn't that amazing? How our leaders around us or mentors around us can help us not to make the same mistakes as them. See, it's amazing what we can learn from our leaders to step into our purpose. There's things I've learned from leaders around me all through my life in ministry, outside of ministry to help me not make the same mistakes as them. Because they helped me position myself into a place where I truly would find my purpose. So how can we then make sure we don't miss the moments where God wants to position us? Because if I think, it's like how many times have I missed that moment where I know God wanted to position me? And I missed that moment. And I want to kick myself, but God brought different and new moments that also positioned me. I just prolonged the moment. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Now look at 1 Kings. Now I want to take us to a story, 1 Kings 19. It speaks about Elijah at the point of appointing his, his follower, Elisha. Remember a couple of months or two back, I preached about a sermon, preached a sermon about positioning yourself. I, I truly believe it was a, a word that God gave us for the new year, prophetic word and You can listen to it on our website. Um, There's also a, a YouTube link. And I preach about Elijah who did all these amazing things. And at the end of the day, when he had so much faith, he killed 400 bold prophets. He turned the nation back to God. He did all these incredible things. And at the end of it, because of fear, he ran away. And God was about to change things in his life. And he came to Elijah. Before we're going to read this, he came to Elijah and said, I want you to go and anoint this king as the next king. And I want you to go and anoint... Elisha as your follower and let's read together it says so Elisha went and found Elisha this is 1 Kings 19 verse 19 so Elijah went and found Elisha son of Sepath plowing a field there were 12 teams of auction in the field and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then just walked away isn't that amazing so I'm going to call the next guy to follow me as great prophet I'm just going to walk up to him and throw a cloak around his, his shoulders and just walk away. <laughs> That's quite weird. But let's read on. It says the following. It says, "Elijah left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my, mother, or my father and my mother goodbye, and then I will go with you, Elijah replied. Go on back, but think about what I have just done to you. Think about that. Then it goes on, it says, So Elijah returned to his oxen, slaughtered and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plough to build a fire to roast the, their flesh. Then he passed around the meat to all the townspeople and all the, probably all the guys who were ploughing the fields with him. And they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Now this is an interesting story. You see, we all know that God has ordained purpose for us all, but... it's it's always so interesting to see so many people are still stuck not knowing or living out their true purpose. Yes, God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. That's what we preach and we pray and we say and the Bible teaches us, but as we find around the the body of Christ, we still find so many people not living in their purpose. Now looking at this story of Elisha, we see that too often we pick the wrong place to begin. We picked the wrong place to begin pursuing the purpose that God has for us. If you think about what Elisha has accomplished, and we think, how did you start out plowing fields? You see, so many times we start out with things that distract us from our true purpose in God. Now it's important to know that living out your greater purpose in life doesn't start out with drawing up the blueprint for this is the new me. Ta-da! I've got the blueprint, I'm just going to step into it, there we go. No. See, our greater life doesn't start with building our dream house. It begins with burning down your old house. See, to step into everything God has for us for 2020, we need to make sure we leave the weight, that stuff that is holding us back, that we're still dragging along from 2019 and 2018. See, when Elijah's cloak landed on Elisha's shoulders, Elisha does more than run after him. Yes, he said, let me just go and greet my mom and my dad. But then as he ran back, he did something that was quite interesting. He made sure there was nothing to run back to or hold on to. Elisha said his goodbyes to his parents. Cheers. Okay, here we go. Then he killed his oxen and he burned the plows. Now I thought... If you look at their context, and the era they were living in, to, to, to kill oxen was part of their culture. They were, they were used to sacrifice the big things in their lives, to give thanks to God. So for people like looking, in, they, they, probably the guys who were plowing with him saw Elijah, the great prophet, walking over, throwing a cloak over Elisha, knowing that, wow, he's just been called. So he come back, he kills the oxen, and they thought, oh, he's probably just sacrificing to God and saying thank you. But what he's doing is he's sacrificing the oxen and he's he's burning up his plows and then he gives everybody food to eat celebrating that God is going to do something amazing in my life (laughs) see he doesn't just kill the oxen he cooked that meat he 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 celebrated with everyone around him but to burn the plows why burn the plows when you could be a blessing to others he could have given that plow to his neighbor so that he can plow with more oxen than just two. He could replace the oxen if he wanted to come back or he can borrow some oxen. But to burn plows was something very rare and something very expensive. To own a plow in that day, this was my livelihood. I can ev- all, every time I can get new oxen, that's easy. But to get that plow was their livelihood. That was their most precious possession. That was his source of income. And he burned it. Now for us it doesn't make sense, but for Elisha it made perfect sense. Perfect. When, bur- when Elisha burned the plows, he made a decisive break from the old life and his source of income. He made a decisive break. He said, if I'm walking into this, I'm going to walk in with everything I have. I'm going to make a decisive break to my, from my old life, and I'm going to walk in, step into this new life. Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to take what you have for me with everything I have. Isn't that powerful? See, God had a greater purpose for Elisha than walking around in the dirt, staring at ox behind. He had a greater purpose. A much greater purpose. Did Elisha knows what's to come? No, he didn't. The same as Joshua. They had to step into this thing, not knowing what was to come. But he decided, like, I'm going to make sure that I don't go back. I'm going to make sure that I never turn back from God positioning me and aligning me with my purpose. See, it's the same with all of, all of us. God has a greater purpose for each one, each one of us. But we need to be willing to burn some plows in our lives. We need to be willing. See, a plow is what chains us to our ordinary or our normal lives. A plow can be a job that you know that God has, has not planned for your future. Your plow can be living inside the comfort zone of not taking big faith steps in your life. That can be a plow. A plow can be a life where you keep on beating yourself up because of the past mistakes that you've made. A plow can be a passionless or a purposeless approach to life. I don't care. I don't, I don't have passion, I don't have purpose, and I don't care. See, that's a dangerous place to be. That's a plow that you need to burn for you to move on and position yourself for the greater God has for you. And I could go on and on. See, it's all a matter of surrender, really. We need to surrender. See, at salvation, we can't step into a new life until we first set fire to what is still keeping us bound, to our old life. See, before we can step into our purpose or the new that God has promised us, We have to offer Him every part of our life that's been holding us back. See, as we're stepping into this new year, this new century, we will not be able to embrace what God has for us if we do not leave the 2019 stuff behind. If we do not leave the stuff or the things that you've been dragging along with you for years and years and years, if you don't leave that behind and burn that stuff, you're not going to be able to step into this new year Really trusting God position you for the greater purpose that He has for you. At the end of 2019, last year, I realized that I was dragging along so many old stuff. Stuff that I've, I've been still working through from 2018. Stuff that I've been going back to in 2019. And at the end of 2019, I realized that, that man, I need to leave these things in last year. I need to leave the offenses, the relationships, the issues, the, the worries, the, all the things. I need to burn, as Elisha's burned his plows, before I step into this new thing that God has for me. See, when I stepped into the 2020, in the new year, I made a decision to burn the old stuff. Things that was dragging me into old habits. Things that was, was dragging me into old thinking, old offenses. Elisha gave up a lot to follow Elijah, but he got back something greater. After Elisha served the prophet Elijah for a few years, the time came when God said to Elijah, your time has come. He didn't know what's going to happen. He didn't know if he's going to die or if God's going to come and take him. We all know the story. One day Elijah sat with Elisha and said, what do you want me to do for you? Because he was following him everywhere. If you read the scriptures... In, in 2 Kings, Elijah said to Elisha, it's time for me to move on. You can stay here. God is calling me there. And Elisha said, you will, never, you will not go without me. I will go with you everywhere you go. Unto a point where Elijah saw that I'm not going to get rid of Elisha. And he said, okay, what do you want me to do for you? And he said the following, 2 Kings 2 verse 9. We can read together. It says, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share, a double portion of your spirit and become your successor. Now Elisha asked for a double portion of anointing. Now Elijah was the greatest prophet the world or the Old Testament has seen. I don't think there have been a greater prophet that has done the feats and and the miracles that Elijah has done. But what Elisha asked wasn't a small thing. It was something bold, because he knew I left everything behind. I burned every opportunity I had to go back to my old life, the old position that I knew is not my position that God, has, um, God needs me in to fulfill my purpose. And when he had the opportunity that said, I want double, I want double that anointing. See, as we step into our promised land this year, We need to be willing to burn some plows in our lives. Plows that's been keeping us away from God's purposes for our lives. See, we can't can't step into something new still holding on to the old behind us. You can't do that. It's like a story of leaving a fence. How did a farmer catch a baboon in the old days? He took an old tree trunk big old tree trunk that was empty inside and he bored a hole inside and put some Millie inside and but the hole is just big enough for your hand to go through but when that baboon grabbed the millipips inside he couldn't get his hand out and the baboon was so reluctant to let that pups go he never got loose and the, and the farmer just you didn't have to shoot him You just walked over with a stick and beat the baboon to death. That was the old days. Sometimes we don't want to leave the old things behind. We keep on holding to things that will bring us to a place where life will beat you to death. You only need to leave it so that your hand can get out. So it's time to burn some things in our lives that's been dragging along with us. That's been keeping us from becoming who God has called us to become. We can't step into the new if we didn't leave the old. See, there's a double portion waiting for those who are willing to burn and leave behind those things that's dragging behind them. We're not just burning everything and trusting, okay, Lord, what now? No, God is promise you, promising us a double portion, a double blessing. It's a double blessing, yeah. 2020. It's a mirror image here. 2020. What you'll see here, you'll see again. There's a double blessing, double things, double anointing this year for us. See, 2020 is a year where we can't afford to still wait for something significant to happen. We need to find significance instead. We need to find it. I realize that I can't keep waiting for a significant moment to happen. I need to find significance and make it happen. I want to encourage us this morning. As we're stepping into this new year, God has a greater purpose for each and every one of us. We need to believe it and then run without leaving something behind. Pray without dragging something behind us. Trust God without thinking back of the offence and the lack in your life. But aim for the purpose that God has for us. Amen? Amen? Let's stand together and I'm going to pray. Let us trust God this morning as we pray. and That we will step into something new this year. But we won't step into this new year dragging something along. Keeping something, keeping the back door open when God says, I want to position you into something new so I can align you to reach that purpose, reach that that greater place that I have for you. About a year and a half ago, we had to step out of, A season of 20 years serving in church, in a movement. And we had to step out and burn some plows and plant a little church that is not as big as the churches we've led. I've led churches with thousands of people. (laughs) But God said, I want you to burn some plows because I've got a greater purpose for you. So Father, I thank you this morning. I pray for everyone here that we will position ourselves this year, this year, 2020. You will position us into a place where we will see and pursue our greater purpose in life.